1: Switched on Pop. Welcome to Switched on Pop, I'm producer Rihanna Cruz
2: I'm songwriter Charlie Harding And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan
1: So I gotta tell you guys, I just saw one of the best shows of my life At Dodger Stadium, Lady Gaga's Chromatic of
3: Fun. Lady Gaga was the first big pop act I ever saw in a stadium. It was one of the best shows of my life.
1: I mean, understandably so. She is a performer of the highest caliber. I was looking around and I realized it felt like home. It felt sort of like a quasi-spiritual experience, but it also felt like I was in the center of a community. I saw people that were exactly like myself, and that is Latin little monsters. For those of you that don't know, Lady Gaga fans call themselves little monsters, and being in that environment at Chromatica Ball, surrounded by people like myself, got me thinking about how much me and many others in my community appreciate her work. Of course, a lot of artists have Latinx fans and fan bases, right? But Gaga specifically has been incorporating this audience consistently her whole career while also, I think, genuinely appreciating the culture that she pulls from. And maybe you've noticed it, maybe you haven't, but listening to the references to Latin music she makes helps us understand Gaga, in a way, and how she may be heard by some of her Latinx fans. I wanted to explore that connection, primarily through the Latin influences in her music.
2: Well, I've never been to a Lady Gaga concert, much less the Chromatica Ball, but Rianne, I did watch your Instagram stories documenting the event. And I think what surprised me was to learn that Gaga is not just a pop star who makes hits. Her concerts are a place of belonging, of community, where people have a cathartic experience. So I'm, I'm pretty curious to learn about what Gaga and her fandom offers her Latino fans.
1: I mean, I tried to track the source of it, and I thought maybe... Part of it was that she was a featured plot point on one of Latin America's most popular telenovelas, La Rosa de Guadalupe. There's like a <laughs> plot point in which the kid on the show is bullied because he loves Lady Gaga and he's a little monster.
4: So I'm muy emocionado de ser mega fan de Lady Gaga. Oh, sí, yo también.
1: I thought maybe it was also because she was sort of pandering with Chola makeup in the Judas video, though iconic was maybe not the best choice appropriation wise, but I digress. Um, Throughout her career, I I realized though that ultimately this is not a new thing. Mm. More recently, she's collaborated with Latinx producer Arca on the Dawn of Chromatica remix album.
3: Arca spectacular.
1: So here's the original. And here's the Rain On Me remix.
3: Chromatic is such a spectacular album because it invites itself to the wildest remixes like Arca's.
1: Exactly. And she's also collaborated on that same remix album with Brazilian pop star Pablo Vittar on a remix of Fun Tonight, which was done in the Brazilian genre of Foro. Here's the original. And here's Pablo Vittar's version of Fun Tonight.
3: No way.
1: But this appreciation of Latin culture has always been present. And we have to travel back throughout her career to see that it's always been there.
3: How far back do we need to go?
1: Well, we got to go all the way back to 2009. Before the Despacitoification of pop music (laughs) shook up the charts in 2017, Mm. making Latin music and Spanish language music more popular among mainstream American audiences again for the first time since the Latin pop boom of the late 90s. Gaga's been doing this her whole career. Just look at 2009's Faye monster cut Alejandro.
4: I know that we are young and I know that she may love me, but I just can't be with you like this anymore, Alejandro.
1: The song mixes both English and Spanish. She even has lyrics specifically about Mexico. And also references the names of several Latin men throughout the course of the song. Alejandro, Roberto, Roberto. Fernando, and is a conglomeration of several foreign influences. The opening violin uses the melody, I don't know if you caught this, Nate, from the Italian composer Vittorio Monti's Cesardus. Listen to the violin here. And listen to the beginning of Alejandro.
2: (laughs) Fascinating. Nice find.
1: Gaga goes all around Europe for this song. The song (laughs) sounds very similar to Swedish acts Ace of Base and ABBA, specifically the song Don't Turn Around by Ace of Base.
3: Don't turn around. Oh, wow. That's got to be the reference track. I
1: mean, we just talked about interpolations last Mm -hmm. week. I feel like that's something that went under the radar on Gaga's end.
3: Absolutely.
1: And at large, this song actually follows in a tradition of pop stars dipping their toes into the pool of Latin pop. Mm. ABBA, who I also just referenced, have a whole Spanish language album called Mm. Gracias por la Musica, where they do all of their (laughs) hits in Spanish, like (laughs) Chiquitita.
4: Sabes muy bien. Las de
1: the classic La Isla Bonita by Madonna. And the same year that Alejandro came out, Rihanna also did her Spanish language banger Te Amo. So there's clearly a tradition at large of pop stars dipping their toes into the world and into the sounds of Latin pop.
3: Rihanna, hearing all of these reference tracks makes me finally understand Alejandro because when it came out, it didn't make any sense to me. And I wasn't thinking it even connects all the way back to ABBA and that it's in conversation with what Rihanna's doing at the same time. I'm wowed. Get it now.
1: <laughs> Glad to help you understand the twisted mind of Lady Gaga. The track, if we look at it, is simply synth pop with quote unquote Latin influences. A lot of reviews of the track, when it came out, just say Latin tinged instrumental or mm. Latin instruments are used. And upon close listening, I really could not pull anything immediately identifiable other than the lyrics and other than the general tone of the song. Mm. However, I found this live version of Alejandro performed on American Idol, and it brings out a larger connection.
3: Clave, Spanish guitar. Ooh, Ooh here okay. we go. Piano Montuno.
2: Montuno.
3: So. Gets rid of the sort of reggae beat synth pop thing and then moves into the clave, the Spanish guitar and the piano montuno.
1: I talked to the producer of this live version of Alejandro and the Fernando in question in the song Alejandro. (gasps) No. Her producer, Fernando Garibay, he explains where this sound comes from.
4: Disco was really big in, in, in the Latin community. Even the mid eighties high energy disco like Mondelez. That's was playing at every party like down the street through like old servant vega speakers that would always blow out. You hear all this influence, but yet it's like coupled with like dance pulses, right? And like high energy was what it was called. So that's Latino.
3: Wow. So it's almost like he's saying that the sounds of Lady Gaga, which don't necessarily sound immediately like Latin pop, actually are major influences within those genres, like all the synth, heavy, poppy, high energy beats.
1: Exactly. He's sort of pulling these ideas from Latin freestyle and high energy and Latin disco And all of these other things that might not necessarily give Latin, so to speak. But in this context, it reflects a larger Latin culture. Hmm. So Gaga could have left it with Alejandro. A lot of pop stars have their one Latin song and that's it. They're done. This is going to be a thing with Gaga, though. Two years later, post Alejandro, she releases Born This Way. And there's a track, I'm Born This Way, that is written and produced by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, and also Fernando, Fernando Garibay.
3: Mm. Fernando!
1: This is Americano.
2: Wait, where has this song been all my life?
1: Did you clock the beginning as actually Mambo Italiano?
2: No, that just adds another layer to this masterpiece.
1: A girl went back to Napoli Because she
4: missed the scenery the name I met a girl in East LA in floral shorts, I as sweet as May. she
5: sang in eights and
3: two <laughs> Pan-European mixing Italian references with Caribbean Latin beats. Very interesting.
1: It's basically a summary of Lady Gaga because mm. she's an Italian-American doing all of these things. I, I, I think mm. it's really smart, personally. This era, the Born This Way era in general, was rife with connection. You have Fernando musically directing her tour. She even did a Born This Way mariachi version, which is really fun.
4: Whoa.
1: Digging deep into the YouTube archives. (laughs) So, Fernando also produced Americano. When I talked with him, I asked him specifically, what was it that made Americano to him a Latin track?
4: Well, have you heard the lyrics?
1: And he's right. Gaga on this song sings in both Spanish and English, telling the story about two girls falling in love in East LA. She says my songs are for the revolution my heart hurts for my generation Hmm. and she's saying this in a song that gaga has described in an interview with vogue as a big mariachi techno house record (laughs) Her, her words not mine
2: wow i mean when i listen to this something that occurs to me is i'm not a fluent spanish speaker by any means but i think i know enough to detect that you know her her accent Her pronunciation maybe is a little wanting, (laughs) but at the same time, maybe there's a sense of goodwill that's engendered by the fact that she's trying in the first place, which is more than a lot of pop stars do. I mean, I remember when one Justin Bieber performed Despacito live (sighs) and clearly (laughs) did not actually learn any of the Spanish lyrics of the song that he had helped send to number one. And in a really grotesque rendition, simply said the words burrito, burrito over and over again. So maybe the fact that Gaga here is really doing the thing, really committing to it, Is a bigger gesture than necessarily having the perfect pronunciation of every single word.
1: She's just obsessed with Latin culture and it comes from a very genuine place of respect and hurt. And I think part of why Gaga appeals in this way is that she expresses the deepest empathy and sonically She actually promised at a point in time a mariachi version of Americano, full mariachi, the way that she did the Born This Way cover. (laughs) But it never came officially. However, you can hear connections in the way that she sings her vocals, which are sweeping and melodramatic, much like rancheras and mariachi vocals from regional Mexican artists. And we're going to give Gaga's vocals a comparison after the break. You can compare here the vocals from Alejandro Fernandez in Como quien pierde una estrella to the vocals in Americano.
2: Yeah, when you listen to those two excerpts back to back, you really hear that big voice, chest voice, a lot of reverb, a lot of vibrato. It's very dramatic, even cinematic in a way. You can tell this is a style of singing that's all about kind of telling the story and putting the maximum amount of emotion into your voice.
1: Hmm. There's also a mariachi connection in the refrain, the la-la-las that she does, right? And, and this reflects a sort of gang vocal tradition in mariachi, where all of the members of the band get together and sing ohs or las or something similar. So this is Yo el Avunturero by Pedro Fernandez. I love- Here's Lola Beltran with Cuku Cucu Paloma. And hear how Gaga does these vocals on Americano. Wow. And the song has one more interesting connection that I think normally would go under the radar. Listen to this lyric about two minutes into Americana.
4: I met a girl in East LA In floral shorts, I hey, as sweet as May. She sang in eights into barrio cor-
1: So, barrio reference aside, which is a part of a town in a Spanish-speaking country or the Spanish part of a large town, She mentions East LA, a place that in the 2020 census has over 95% Hispanic residents, Mm. the highest proportion of any US city outside of Puerto Rico, Hmm. and sonically, a place that has been mentioned in tracks across the Latin music sphere, from artists like War in Cinco de Mayo, And the classic Maria Maria by Santana.
2: <laughs>
1: so I thought that was pretty cool. She's like speaking directly to a place that is the hub of Los Angeles Latin culture.
2: And one that has its own rich musical tradition. I I love hearing that. Reference because it kind of widens the world of the song a little bit.
1: That was 2011. We're going to flash forward five years now and go to 2016 for a minute and Gaga's album Joanne. There's a cut on Joanne written by Gaga, Blood Pop, Mark Ronson, and Beck, surprisingly, (laughs) called Dancing in Circles. So, what are you guys hearing?
2: I mean, the thing that stands out to me is that characteristic reggaeton rhythm in the background. <laughs> Was not expecting to hear that on the album that I think was supposed to be like Gaga's country uh, turn. <laughs> so, kind of a
1: Gaga's return to roots.
2: Right. Kind of a cool surprise.
1: Yeah. It's something that we talked about actually a few episodes ago the quintessential Tresillo rhythm. And this is the Tresillo stripped down to its bare bones. Mm. Of course, we talked about it in the Hound Dog episode, and there's a wonderful history and context provided over there. But in this context, the Tresillo has permeated its way into pop music, particularly Latin-influenced pop music. You can hear it in Sorry by Justin Bieber. And the hip hop of the same era, like Unforgettable by French Montana and Sway Lee, which is an excellent song, by the way. It's the same thing, just slowed down.
2: Mm. In terms of exploding assumptions, this is almost the inverse of what Fernando was describing earlier. He was saying that when you think of Latin music, you might not think of like techno and house and disco, but that's a big part of the Latin music tradition. And now I feel like it's almost we're hearing the opposite. Like when you think of pop music, you might not think of Latin influence, but there it is, there's that characteristic rhythm, soundtracking these songs that you might not necessarily think of as being part of that tradition so so I don't know, that's just kind of making me rethink some of the ways I perceive cultural influence in pop.
1: The sound is majorly the rhythm of reggaeton and its sister genre dembo throughout the entirety of its history going all the way back to 2003's Paque Retosen by Tego Calderon to current reggaeton, like Rosalía's Con Altura. So you listen to this and you might not immediately think Lady Gaga is trying or attempting to make a reggaeton song, but she is using a reggaeton rhythm to connect with Latin audiences, albeit maybe on a subconscious level.
3: The ubiquity of that rhythm, the way that it has spread all around the world, Makes me think that it is in some ways the really important cousin rhythm to the four to the floor house beat, rather than have everything do, 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 do. It's do. And it gives you this syncopation in between what would otherwise just be steady four to the floor. And that subtle shift in rhythm, it's amazing how it transcends so many different kinds of genre from reggaeton through hip hop, pop, everywhere.
2: It's really illuminating to hear all of these Latin musical influences across Gaga's catalog. Is there anything else that might draw Latinx fans to her work and her persona?
1: Well, yeah, I actually talked to some fans to see what they thought about Lady Gaga's appeal to Latin Little Monsters and why she means so much to fans like themselves. This is Stephanie.
0: I feel like us... As Latinx people, we are so used to our idols and divas just being so theatrical and so open and pouring their emotions in such passionate ways on stage. You can feel her emotion just like Juan Gabriel or any other iconic Latinx performer.
1: Stephanie brings up a really great comparison. Here's Abrazame Muy Fuerte by Juan Gabriel. So there's drama there, and I feel like people Mm -hmm. connect with that and the inherent theatricality and melodrama of Latin genres like rancheras, like mariachi. I also talked to my roommate, AJ, and he echoed what Fernando said about the dance music connection.
5: Mm. A lot of her
3: music, especially when she first came onto the scene, was very like disco heavy Um, which I think comes from her early 2000s New York club scene. And that's like so Latinx, like all my family parties growing up. Like she definitely went to like a couple of Puerto Rican festivals, you know.
1: So other people also see the dance music connection there. I also talked to my friend Orlando, who spoke to the larger idea of magical realism and Lady Gaga, something that permeates a lot of cultural Latin touchstones.
4: I was born and raised in rural Mexico, Gaga became quickly a source of creative inspiration of what could be done visually and sonically. And definitely she became an escape. As someone who came of age in a Latin American developing country, the United States and its culture currency has always been put on a pedestal. So you come across someone like Gaga, whose entire ethos at the time was about creating this idealized life. Conceptually, that's something that was already meant to work and resonate with someone of my background.
1: So you could see that Gaga is forging these powerful connections with her Latin fans. And I asked the man himself, Fernando Garibay, Gaga's producer, what he thought about this connection.
4: What I noticed, especially growing up, was that... You know, we had mariachi, we had, you know, romantica, but, you know, it's all about I messed up and I'm sorry. <laughs> rhetoric, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, if you notice in our culture, it's only appropriate to cry when you're singing. And then here you have this community who grew up with that mindset in America. And they're listening to artists that say the opposite. In the 80s and 90s, you have like Morrissey, the Smith, Nirvana, you know, Depeche Mode. And all of a sudden, Mexicans feel like, oh my God! Like I, f- I feel witness. I feel connected. I think these lyrics tell me that you know it's okay to be sad, right? And that is the connection with Latinos so dearly with like Gaga, with like Morrissey, with like these advocates of being your authentic selves.
1: These bands say it's okay to cry. You know, like The Cure. Their whole ethos is like boys can cry. <laughs> And putting that in the same situation as Lady Gaga, I, I think they're very similar and it's very apt how both artists in their lyrical messages express the same things. Gaga, for example, is you're born this way. It's OK to be who you are. It's OK to feel things. It's OK to experience life the way that you want to experience life, which is a rejection of a lot of the stereotypes put around Latin machismo. So taking it back to being at Chromatica Ball and standing in a crowd of Latino little monsters, (laughs) it really puts it together. And it honestly all makes sense why she appeals specifically to my community. It feels very natural and it feels very homey. And I see Lady Gaga in the same way that I see someone like Mark Anthony, or I see someone like Juan Gabriel. It's just, it's natural and it's fitting. And I thank Gaga for putting all these references in her music and making fans like myself feel at home.
3: Switched on Pop is produced by Rana Cruz, edited by Jolie Myers, engineered by Brandon McFarland, community management by Abby Barr, illustrations by Aris Gottlieb. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kerwa, a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network and a production of vulture
2: you can find more episodes of switched on pop wherever you get podcasts we're talking the apple podcast app we're talking spotify we're talking overcast if if you're a a deep head you know you know what i'm talking about and we're talking about our website www.switchedonpop.com
1: if you fall into the category of a latin little monster please reach out and tell us why you like her and what turns you into a Latin little monster.
2: That's at Switched on Pop on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back next
3: Tuesday. And until then,
0: thanks, thanks for, for the the listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. ...and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running...